Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Still playing for a national championship time, maybe time. Football weather time. Jalen Hyatt revenge tour time. Boy, uh, I think he he might have a big game this Saturday time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Govals 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you. From Fort Rucker Studio here on a, uh, on a, uh, I don't want to say pleasant, but when it's less than 50 degrees, it's not really pleasant. We'll call it a quasi, quasi pleasant Monday afternoon here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, which is about 1.9 miles away from uh, Neyland Stadium here at Fort Rucker Studio, which of course is not where Tennessee is playing this weekend. The Vols are back on the road for the final two weeks of the season after the senior day walloping of Mizzou. The Vols are going to Columbia. South Carolina, or as I like to call it, crappy Knoxville, because it's like Knoxville, but just a little bit, you know, crappier. And that's where the Vols will play the South Carolina Gamecocks. I expect to see a lot of orange there. That's going to be a a short trip for Tennessee. It's a big, big, big game for the Vols, and South Carolina has uh, only, I guess, some pride and perhaps some bowl positioning to play for at this point. But uh, a big one, the college football rankings coming out here uh, I suppose in about what a day from now. So there's lots to talk about. We'll, we'll we'll talk about a little bit about the Mizzou game over the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on this week. Talk about what was said Monday and all sorts of other things. And to do that, we're going to go over to uh, that undisclosed location and get to Patrick Brown. Pat, what's up, man? Nothing. Uh, I think you're a little soft for saying anything under 50 degrees is cold. That's my line. Uh, but if you would have said under 40 degrees, I would have been like, okay, I can, I can really. Yeah. Uh, that said, I prefer it would be 40 degrees right now than 80 degrees, which is what I think it was last Monday because it's November and it should be cold. Yeah, I understand that. And um, I, I just, my body doesn't like anything under 50 degrees, like the right side, especially the past like eight years for obvious reasons. When it gets below like 50, it starts to get uncomfortable and uh, it's not what I would prefer. Now, a lot of people love this, love this weather and uh, more power, more power to them. But uh, when the weather, get, when the weather, when the weather gets colder, when the days get shorter, when it, when it starts getting dark early in the day, it's, it's not, not my favorite time, Pat. Well, if you're if, if you're a Tennessee fan going to either or or both of the uh, of the Vols' last two regular season games, you're going to need to bundle up because uh, it'll be a night game in, in Columbia, and, and as we found out today, much to everyone's chagrin, it's going to be a night game uh, in Nashville for the Vanderbilt game too. That was uh, universally panned by uh, several of us once we found out that was going to be the kick time uh, not long after we are from Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker on Monday. Yeah, and and this is going to be uh, I think it's going to be in the 30s. Uh, I think the high that day in Columbia might be around what it is today here in Knoxville, maybe 50, 51, 52, and then I think it's supposed to be 
in the 30s during the game itself. So, um, you know, we should be good, though. We'll be in the press box. It'll be nice and warm. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, you know, Neyland's press box is, is frozen. So. Well, we should be trained for for the cold weather. To be honest, that is very true. The Neyland Stadium press box has become an, an absolute ice box, and I don't know why. I think it's maybe because all that money's going to Spire, and, and, and maybe it's not going to the heating bill. I don't know if that's if people aren't donating as much so they can't keep the heater on. I don't know what it is, um, but uh, it has been cold this year. Nonetheless, warmer than it is for the people outside most of the time. So uh, you know, we we shouldn't complain too much. But but Pat, this is a um, this is a big one for Tennessee, and I think that the line opened up around, what, 21, 21 and a half, something like that, if that is? 21 and a half. Yeah, 21 and a half. Uh, we should say, in fairness, though, I think South Carolina has been much better at night this season for whatever reason. Uh, the Gamecocks have played a bunch of games at night at home and on the road, or the ones that they have played. They have won, so that's probably just because they've played teams that weren't as good then, but um Regardless, this is a game that on paper you would think Tennessee would be just fine in. But it is a road game. It's back on the road in this league. Uh, it's at a place where even though there will be a bunch of Tennessee fans, there will be more South Carolina fans than Tennessee fans, at least at the start of the game. And and you would imagine after the, the performance at Georgia with the offensive line, that could be an area for concern. But um, there really aren't that many more areas of concern in this game, I think. Yeah, well, so I think there's two of them for me. Um, the noise is one you mentioned. That's something that I asked Josh Heupel about on Monday. Do you do anything different given uh, how poorly your offense handled the noise in Athens? That was something that Tennessee, uh, that Heupel and, and Tennessee's players came out and said that was an issue and uh, disrupted their communication and, and didn't allow them to settle into the game. Uh, and I asked Heupel if, if they would do anything different. And he kind of said that they would, but uh, ultimately, once you get into that environment, you have to be able to handle it and, and settle in. And um, I, I would think that Tennessee has learned um, from that game. And, and we don't know if it's going to be as loud. I can't imagine it's going to be as loud. Can't be. Um, <laughs> Athens was really loud. Those people down there were, were really fired up for that game. Uh, I don't sense the same amount of uh, verve in, in the South Carolina fan base uh, after their uh, 38-6 loss to Florida. But uh, game gets close. Game gets, you know... People sense an upset. South Carolina makes some plays, keep the crowd in the game. Um, you know, you have to be able to handle that environment. And, and and Tennessee teams have gone down there before with a lot on the line and and, and, mm-hmm. and been knocked off and or, or had close games. So uh, I think the last five games at, at Williams Bryce have all been decided by four points or less. So, um, but this this team, this Tennessee team seems to be uh, pretty good at bucking trends like that. The other thing I think is special teams and. Uh, that was a big topic of conversation and, and something that was brought up quite a bit with, with Heupel on Monday. Uh, obviously, with, with Shane Beamer, you know, his namesake is uh, from his dad, Frank Beamer, Virginia Tech, Beamer Ball. You know, they're going to be good on special teams. Um, they're all, they almost seem to be good for one big special teams play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got a, a fake punt for a touchdown last season on Tennessee. They had, a, I think, a fake field goal. Yeah, but that that touchdown. that also produced the 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 most hilarious picture in the history of pictures when that happened last year. Right with with Beamer. Well, I don't. That might have been before that because it was still thirty eight seven. That touchdown made it thirty eight thirteen. But anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, you got to be worried. You got to be worried about fakes. You got to be, you know, your 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 protection units on, on field goals and, and punts in particular. Obviously, Tennessee's had one punt blocked, maybe. Uh, fortunate not to maybe have another one here and there, but mm-hmm. um, Tennessee special teams have been pretty solid. The kickoff coverage team has been really good. 
Uh, Paxton Brooks is – I don't think Tennessee's allowed more than like two or three punt returns. Uh, one of the ones that, that's credited in the stats is the one that was blocked, I believe. So I'm not sure that one uh, – that's not a traditional punt return per se. So he's been good at that. The coverage team has been good. Uh, Jimmy Holiday is a guy that got some some compliments from from Josh Heupel on Monday talking about his impact on yep. the punt team. Um, so you, you have to be able to uh, – I, I don't know that Tennessee has to go out and win special teams. They just can't lose it because blocked punt – uh, could lead to a touchdown, short field. That gets the crowd in the game. That That's the path to this game getting hairier than it should for Tennessee on Saturday night, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that it's interesting that that I, I think when you, when you look at what South Carolina is right now, and, and it's – I would always say that you can sort of gauge the temperature of a fan base – by looking at you know some things on the on the the fan forums and things like that, but you can't like get a total picture of it. You can sort of take a little snapshot of it though. You can kind of get the general flavor of how things are going by looking at at those sorts of things and whether fans are really excited or really fired up or really in a dark place. And and South Carolina, our our South Carolina site, the Big Spur, which is a really good site, um, had had the flavor of that board on Sunday. I don't love this. Yeah. I don't love this analogy because everyone knows I love animals more than people, but it was like a a bunch of kicked dogs. You know, it was just kind of like they they were just, I mean, it it was like the last chance saloon. I mean, it it was just, man, it was dark. (laughs) It was dark. And, And the stuff that, that we, outside of the state of South Carolina have been saying about Shane Beamer for a while, that stuff is starting to kind of seep into that fan base a little bit with the, 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 the cornball stuff and saying everything's great and, and kind of being a, a cheerleader or a gym coach and, and, and the jokes that, that we have made for a while because they're unavoidable because I don't know how you could say anything other than a joke. Like when you see some of the stuff that he does, but they're starting to feel that way. And I think that the, that's probably, I mean, they, they do that, you know, the 2001 thing when they come out and people get excited for that. It's a nice stadium, not an outstanding stadium, but a nice stadium. It creates a good amount of noise for big games. And I think they'll be excited, but they're definitely a little bit beat down right now. And they're not, they're not loud. And, and, and if it's the same within that locker room, then it's a big problem. But I, I think those kids still like Beamer. They'll he'll get them up to play for the game. He'll get them excited at least for the start of the game. I think they'll be okay there. It's just that 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 fan base hates that offensive coordinator so much that it just sort of it's like if you remember how much people used to go at Randy Sanders when they were Tennessee fans did. Uh, and that's when the internet wasn't as big as it is now. Uh, imagine like oh, that now and that's what it's like with Satterfield at South Carolina. It's just, I mean, they're if they if if you get up on this team early, it could get bad. Yeah, and, and having watched South Carolina some, I mean, uh, I, I think the fan base over there seems to be down on everything because a few weeks ago, what they were six and two, mm-hmm. they just beaten Texas A and M. Uh, I guess at that point, Texas A&M still counted as a big win. Even yeah, they, they, were, were, they were three and three uh, or something at that th- point. They're the biggest disaster in the league this season by a long, long shot, even worse than Auburn because I, everyone saw Auburn coming. I think biggest disaster um, in college football. Yeah, I mean, either that or Miami, I think, are, are, and ironically, those two teams played each other back in September. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
they were six and two at that point. You were looking at the schedule. You're like, okay, they got South Carolina. They got Vanderbilt coming up. Chance to get to, uh, or maybe a chance to get, can't remember what their record was. Maybe seven and two. They were five and two at that point. Anyways, um, things were set up for them. They had just gotten in the top 25 and then they face plant, get beat at home by Missouri, scored 10 points in that game. Tennessee just scored 66 on that defense. Um, that, that was at home. That probably took a lot of wind out of the sails. They, they won at Vanderbilt, but um, I don't know that they were overly impressive. I think that was like an 11-point game. It was never really in doubt, but they didn't really blow them away either. Um, and, and then comes the game against Florida where it's 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Florida rushed for like 374 yards. Yeah. Offense didn't score a touchdown. I mean, I think they had like three turnovers in a row early in the second half, and, and that offense has been sort of a – uh, I, I think what's maybe disappointing for that fan base is that you, you brought in all these new pieces, right, on offense, um, Spencer Rattler being the main one, but they brought in a couple of receiver transfers. They brought in a, a transfer from Oklahoma at tight end. Uh, I think the, the guy from Wake Forest that Tennessee had some interest in mm-hmm. uh, as a running back, and, and he, he's been hurt a little bit too, as has Marshawn Lloyd, but it's just been the same continuation of uh, of ineptitude that that they saw last season, and and that's probably why. And um, just looking at this team, some they just uh, like what is their identity? What do they do well? It's kind of hard to see other than um, the big plays on special teams offensively. Every time I've watched him, Spencer Rattler looks like he's running for his life. Uh, I do think Marshawn Lloyd is a really good player. I do too. Um, he's been hurt. I don't know if he'll be back <clears throat> against Tennessee. Um, but, you know, they, they've had to move Jaheim Bell, who's the tight end. That's probably one of their most talented guys. They've moved him to running back to get him touches after they talked him up and then don't involve him. And his family tweeted about all that. That's and that been, all got out. That's been ugly, yeah. So, you know, it's hard to pinpoint what they do well. Uh, I think they're uh, – I was looking at some of their stats the other night. They're, they're like ninth, 10th, 11th, that range, and just about total offense, total defense, scoring offense, scoring defense. Uh, and you look at some of their numbers just in conference games, and it's 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 not pretty. So uh, this should be a game that, that Tennessee handles, but you know you got to go out there and do it, right? I mean, you know we thought they w- wouldn't have much trouble with Missouri, but you know that was a game for two plus quarters. You wonder how they're going to handle going back out on the road. Um, you know they played. Uh, this will be what their fourth road game. They've played. They played pretty good at LSU, obviously. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, there. And that's what they need. That's what they need to do in this game as well as I think get up early and take the crowd out of it. Um, but Georgia didn't handle that very well. Pittsburgh was another game that they didn't play great. Probably were a little bit fortunate to get out of there with that win. I think it's so, that defense. I think I think Narduzzi knows some stuff against Heupel's offense that most people don't know or can't. True, figure out. but I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, Pittsburgh has turned out to be a pretty average team. Agreed. Um, but. You know, can they go on the road and, and take care of business like they did? Are we going to get the LSU version? Or are we going to get the maybe the Georgia Pitt shakier versions of these balls? And if it's if it's the latter, that then you know things could get uh, you know could get hairy. Like I said, always seems like they go there, play at night, and it's close. So can they break that trend uh, and, and deliver some more style points? Yeah, I can already tell you that one of the five questions I'm going to have this week for that piece that comes out on Friday afternoon or Friday night is. The, the fast start because if they get the fast start in this game they, they, they could take the crowd out of it and they could take a beaten team and kind of really sort of start to rub rub the face and, into it and if, and if they do that pat then you know i, I know hendon hooker's never going to say anything about it but he spent you know that he knows how many people 
talked about Spencer Rattler being better than him in the offseason. You know he knows it. Jalen Hyatt goes to high school 20 minutes down the road from there, and they don't offer him because they think he's too skinny. You know he knows that. You know these guys have incentive if they can in this game. On top of trying to impress the playoff committee as much as they can with this schedule, they animosity might not be the right word. It probably is in, in Hyatt's case, but not in every case. But maybe a little bit of resentment, a little bit of, uh, okay, you, you thought Rattler was better than me. Okay, you didn't think I was good enough to come here. Okay. And, and I think some of that stuff, they might enjoy if they get the chance to uh, to, to to rub this one in like they did last year. And, and maybe Josh Heupel, too, because remember he and uh, Beamer shared that first-year Steve Spurrier coach award. Yeah, they did. Because uh, both their teams went 7-6, and six, but Heupel's team kicked Beamer's team's ass. Yeah, yeah they did. On the field what, in October. Wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Uh, but, and, and, you know, they're going to have honorary uh, playoff committee members, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit, calling the game, too. So you want to look good in front of those guys. So uh, over the next two weeks, they can continue to talk about how good you look. That is a good point. There's a lot more, a lot more to discuss about this game, and and we're gonna do that. We're gonna get to it because there's um, some interesting things, perhaps that uh, we we could talk about from the Mizzou game. Some things about this matchup. Some things about uh, the college football playoffs. Some things in general. Um, but you know, you got to take care of business this week. That's the bottom line. Look at look at Tennessee and Colorado basketball on Sunday. Colorado had just lost to Grambling, um, but but Tennessee got off to a meh start. Didn't really play that well. You, you give an inferior team confidence, and all of a sudden you're in a fight, and you could lose that fight. So you got to start well. You got to take care of business. You got to handle it. And if Tennessee does that, it should be fine. But um, there's a lot more to discuss about why or why that might not happen, why it might happen, and lots of other stuff too. But but, but before we do that, let's uh, step away for just a second. Pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, et cetera, and then be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. 
Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from his undisclosed location here on a chilly Monday late afternoon, early evening here in uh, God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, talking uh, Tennessee football primarily in this uh, in this episode. We will have another basketball episode, by the way, after Wednesday's game over Florida Gulf Coast. The Vols, who have fallen from 11th to 22nd nationally, and deservedly so after losing to a bad team in Nashville uh, on Sunday. Maybe the good news is they got that uh, – uh, that's an important building for them coming up in a few months. Maybe they got their bad game out of the way there, and uh, things will be okay or different in a few months. But uh, we we will see. We'll have more to discuss about them Wednesday night. We'll obviously have an episode. I think uh, it might be Ben McKee joining me. I'm not sure. It might be Ben. might be Ryan. Uh, whoever it is on Tuesday night after the college football playoff uh, is announced. There's not going to be any changes in the top five. Just going to go ahead and tell you that. But, but we're still going to discuss uh, what it means and, and what's heard and all that. Uh, so we got a lot to discuss on this one and in the next couple of days as well. But before we do that, just uh, before we get to the rest of this one, just a quick, quick request from our end. If you could take about a minute, add to your day right now, please, please go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We really would appreciate that. If you're already uh, doing that, that that's fine. That that's great. Um, but uh, but but keep doing it. Keep 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 doing it. Um, this is something that if you're just listening on the website, that's fine. No problem with that. We love you. No wrong way to consume this podcast. But what really helps us out if you, if you go in there and rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's labor of love. No complaints. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go ahead and do those things. So go rate, review, subscribe. Go tell your friends. Tell people you see at church. Tell people you see out at the golf course. Tell people you see... Um, you know, your book club, you got a book club, go tell people it's your book club. Do do those still exist? I don't know if they do, but if they do do that, uh, tell people that you see walking around downtown, you see somebody, um, wearing orange, you see somebody wearing Tennessee shirt, be like, Hey, you're a Tennessee fan. Why don't you listen to this podcast? And before you laugh at that, I have now gotten two messages about people who have specifically done that. So it's, it's a movement. It has started, and we're going to keep doing that. So if you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Pat, back to business after one of my worst uh, bumper bumper intro segment thingies that I've had so far on this podcast. I don't know why. It was just it was a bad performance. Maybe it was the weather. I'm not going to make excuses. It just wasn't the best. So we're going to move on regardless and continue discussing this game and some things that we heard Monday. Uh, obviously, Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker spoke with us earlier in the day. Anything that you gleaned from that, Pat? I know that uh, Cedric Tillman, that weird, weird comment that Heupel made after the game, which didn't really jive with what we had been hearing about why he didn't play. Uh, now Heupel has said, you know, it looks like he'll play this week, but obviously they'll – it's just Monday, so a lot of things could change between now and then. Uh, to me, it seemed pretty clear that it was just they didn't want to test that ankle on that slick, chilly surface. But then Heupel, after the game, said maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe he just said something weird. I don't know what it was, but did you take anything from that or anything else that was said? Um, no, it was. it's sort of been a little contradictory. Yep. Because um, Heupel – came out and said when he was asked about Tillman that we expect him to play, but then also we're going to evaluate him throughout the week. So it, I think they're obviously being coy about something, um, which is unusual. But, you know, this offense has shown that it can click pretty good without him. I don't know that it's better without him because I don't think you can take a player of his caliber away and be better. 
Correct. Um, as hard as that that seems, and and you know, with what the numbers say, how they're they're rolling with with Keaton in there alongside Jalen Hyatt and, and Brew McCoy. Um, probably the other thing is that that uh, Josh Heupel gave a pretty good uh, what's the word I'm looking for stump speech maybe there yeah there you go that's a good word um, uh, about Hendon Hooker and the Heisman Trophy. Uh, it's still it seems to be more wide open. Uh, this race than, than maybe others have been in the past, and um, it, it is. Hooker, but I, but but I think now at this point, if Stroud wins the Michigan game, I think they're just going to give it to him. Well, I mean, it's the Ohio State tax. It's the same reason why if if Michigan beats Ohio State, the loser of that game should not make the playoff. If if there's three other, if it comes down to them in Tennessee, but that's neither here nor there. But um, and Hypo coming out and saying that that. Hendon Hooker is basically playing better than any quarterback he's ever had before. And uh, newsflash, he's coached some pretty daggum good quarterbacks. Yes. Including a Heisman winner in Sam Bradford. Um, So there's, you know, I've done, I've done a a rewind of it from Dylan Gabriel to Drew Locke to Landry Jones uh, to Bradford who, who beat out. Who'd he beat out? I know he beat out Tim Tebow one year for the Heisman, so that's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Um, not bad. I think that was two. I think that was two thousand eight. So for for Heisman to come out and say this guy's playing as well as any quarterback I've ever coached is is a pretty strong statement. I mean, he's got some some dudes that he's coached that have been pretty good at playing quarterback. So, um, and, and you know, it's good to hear Hooker as as you would expect him to do. Say, I'm not really about the team. I'm not really about the individual accolades. Those come when you have team success, and that's what he's focused on. So um, I'm I'm sure he would love it. I know a lot of Tennessee fans probably feel some type of way about the Heisman Trophy, um, as they should, given the two times that that they've been screwed out of it uh, for for one of their players. So um, we'll just have to see what what Hooker does. I I don't know what more he can do. He's been great. He had one off game. Uh, His off game came at Georgia, and C.J. Stroud's came at Northwestern. So – uh, but the wind was a little blustery that day, so let's you know let's let's not get let's not let's not get too upset about that one. So if he goes out there and you know has an, another 400, 500 yard game with four or five touchdowns over these next two weeks, I mean I think for sure he'll he'll be in New York as he should be because he's been one of the best players in college football this season. Yeah, I don't think there's there's to me there's there's very little question that he'll be in New York, barring just some sort of absolute abject failure meltdown the next couple of weeks like he'll be there in new york um it just seems to me like what's happening now is he had like he had everything just had to go perfectly or it wasn't going to happen because he's just not going to get like the love that someone like stroud is going to get so we'll we'll, we'll see I, i've been surprised before i'll be surprised again well, i'm, I'm mean, honest he, with you right he, now right now i'm a voter and I'm not allowed to tell you who I vote for until after the ceremony, but I can tell you that if I had a vote today, it most most likely would be Hendon Hooker one and Stroud two. But I can't when the voting stuff comes out. I'm not able to say anything until after it comes after the the awards announced. So, but I can tell well, you I right mean, now that's what I would do. You just go look at what what Hooker's done in Tennessee's big games against Alabama, against LSU, um, against Kentucky, and you look at what Stroud's done against a pretty weak schedule. I mean, has Ohio State played anybody other than Penn State? Not really, no. I mean, they beat Notre Dame early, but Notre Dame has looked 
like crap most of the yeah, season. Yeah, now it's snuck back into the, the top 25 with, with three losses. That's a little bit un- – I don't know about that. There were those but, losses to us. There were the Stanford, Marshall, and yeah. somebody else. Ooh, who else they beat would, Navy who, by three. Who so. else with that resume would be right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, I mean, but no, that, that the problem with – the biggest thing with Hooker's Heisman situation is that he gave people a reason not to give it to him with that Georgia game. So um, – and that's going to be the fresher memory in terms of a, of a big game for him, for, for some people. So, um, but you know, if he doesn't win it, I think, you know, Tennessee fans will be mad about it and just say, it's just like the others, just like Johnny majors, just like Peyton Manning. It's a crap award. I reject it. And I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. It'll be, it reminds me, I was listening to a, a podcast about the, the wire, the show on HBO, which is what I think is the best show ever made. But it, it's it never won. It was nominated for two Emmys, small ones, and never won any Emmy awards. And Idris Elba was like, "Yeah, but it's also like we know we made the best show ever made. So why do we care? You know." And and that that was the that was the thing he said. We changed like TV history with how good our show was. So if people at the time, if we were ahead of our time, and people didn't people didn't the award people didn't see that. Oh well, whatever. Like I still know we made the best show of all time. So maybe that's Hen and Hooker can sit here and say, no matter what, I know I was the best player in college football that season. Uh, I will say though, in in fairness, the one guy who continues to I don't think get quite enough Heisman love is Stetson Bennett. I think he's a guy who absolutely still has a chance to win that thing. And when you look at the numbers, it, he and look at what team he's on and what he's doing, I don't know how you can ignore it. I mean, he's he's had a really, really, really good season. So yeah, I mean, he's absolutely in the thing and and could have a chance to win it too. So I don't know that it's just a a Stroud Hooker thing. I think that that someone you know Drake May's getting in there, but I don't I don't think that, that in that league. I just I don't know. I'm not I'm not that enamored. I think he, he's pretty good though. Oh no, he's good. He's good. I, I just watched, I watched some of their game against Wake Forest Saturday night, and he he's he, he's pretty good. No, he's he's very good. I just don't think he's quite had the season that the others have had against the schedules they've done it against. So I, I don't know that. Um, but 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 those four quarterbacks right now are very much in the thing. I think that's fair to say. So uh, we we will see where it goes. And in terms of other injuries, other notes, uh, Cooper Mays was named uh, SEC Co-Offensive Lineman of the Week. Uh, Hendon Hooker was named uh, SEC Co-Offensive Player of the Week, along with uh, Vanderbilt quarterback Mike Wright, uh, who happens to be a really uh, pretty good friend of Hooker's, and they were roommates at the the Manning Passing Academy. So that's that's kind of cool. And uh, congratulations again to Vanderbilt for ending that losing streak. That is a miserable, miserable thing. And, uh, you know, those guys work hard like everybody else does, so happy to see them get a win. I know Tennessee fans probably don't. But judging by the, the cheer, well, I, no, judging by I, the cheer at the stadium that... uh, on Saturday – because it was Kentucky, I think they'll allow it. That's true. That's true. And because he had like 100 passing yards more than Will Levis in that game. So, but I feel bad for the Levis thing at this point. It's like, okay, those of us who have said this all along, we know we're right, but like, just it's it's just hard still to watch. It's like, man, <laughs> this guy's getting it from everywhere. Uh, and you just kind of start to feel bad at some point, but. Other than that, uh, no major news or notes. We'll definitely talk to more guys later in the week. Um, we, I think we could probably discuss uh, that Heupel again on Monday was asked about what happened with uh, the end of the game there, and he said that he wanted to let his second-team offense play football, and I think that's an understandable response. That's something that um, I think any of us can – appreciate the fact that you you want to get your second team some 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 run and uh, let them let them play the offense 
And then once you get down to the two-yard line there at the end, it's like, okay, you could take a knee there, but you also could get a freshman a touchdown. And at that point, even Eli Drinkwitz came out and said, like, hey, it was our job to stop them. If Tennessee had had the starters in there doing that, I would have had a – slight problem with that um with with it being the the twos and some threes in there i don't care at all i just don't yeah i don't i don't think it's a big deal the fact that Drinkwitz didn't come out and and say anything about it if he's not bothered by it publicly then why should anybody else be i mean it's it, this, this program has come very far than the last two weeks they've had the fans of the defending national champions chant overrated at them yeah and then they had they had people mad about them winning by too many points Against a, another SEC team. Yeah, so, did, did, did it's people... not like they were playing Missouri State here. Um, and, and Heupel basically said, like, we had our twos out there. We were going to let them play. That's basically what he said. So uh, he said he did think about taking a knee, uh, although on some levels, would that not be more insulting? That your your opponent is choosing to have mercy? Is that not more than, than being ruthless? Yeah. I, well, um, well what I, what I, my question is, and, and, and I might be wrong, but I don't remember. I, USC, I think, scored a touchdown in the with like thirty seconds left in a fifty-five to seventeen win over Colorado, which is an abjectly terrible football team right now. Uh, and that game should have, you know, it could end at forty-eight seventeen with a knee, but they ran they, they ran the ball in for a touchdown to make it fifty-five seventeen with a minute left. I don't remember a lot of people complaining about that. I don't. Well, that's probably because it was happening at like two a.m. Eastern time, and everybody was asleep. Well, uh, um, maybe. But, uh, yeah, the other, the other thing I did want to point out today was uh, Josh Hypot some really good things to say about Brandon Turnage, who mm-hmm. um, is one of the success stories um, on this team, a guy that uh, had an injury during the offseason. Uh, Heupel said today they had him on a pitch count back at camp. A lot of people were wondering how he might, um, you know, what his involvement would be early in the season. He wasn't on the depth chart. Everybody was asking about it. Um, and then when he got some some early season playing time, he didn't, you know, he gave up big plays against Akron and against Florida, um, but he's been a really solid player since the second half of the uh, the Alabama game, and uh, should have had a couple of interceptions against Missouri. Had one against Kentucky, um, and and Heupel said that at their team meeting today, he was sort of singled out as a, as an example um, for uh, what it means to to be consistent in how you work and to. Um, continue to, to work even when you're not playing, even if you're not playing a lot, even if you're not starting. And then when you get your opportunity, take advantage of it. And uh, so that was a good note from, from high full on turning. Yeah. And I, I think that um, turnage to me has the best instincts of anyone who's on this Tennessee football team at cornerback right now. And I know that's not maybe the highest bar, you know, a, a healthy Kamal Haddon, as we all know, is a very good football player. He's just not been healthy for a month or so. And and hadn't been able to play, and and that's been an issue, obviously. But but when you watch film, and even during the game, you see that Turnage makes breaks on the football that other corners on the team just don't make. Uh, he has reactions to things that other corners on the team just aren't seeing. He and he might occasionally get burned for it, like he did get on, on that fourth and one against Mizzou. Uh, it's not his fault that it was a touchdown because that was the safety who should have brought water to put out the fire and instead brought lighter fluid and just blew the thing up with a, with a really, really bad play. Um, but he, Turnage was the one who got beat on the pass initially. But uh, he also does things, and he's done this at least five times in the past, like three or four games, where he will see something very clearly before anyone else on the defense does, and he will make a break on the football because he sees exactly where it's going, whether it's film study or just instincts or both. He sees things that other guys don't see. And that makes me think 
you know what? That's probably why Nick Saban recruited him in the first place. There, there might not be a better DB coach at any level of the game, and he wanted that guy out of high school for a reason because he's a cornerback who's got great length and athleticism and does a lot of good things. And I, I just, to me, it's good that he's healthy now, so we have an understanding of just how bad it was maybe earlier. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's an all-world player, but he has instincts the other corners just don't have. Pat. Yeah, and in the secondary, the lineup seems to have been changing week to week. You know, Kamal Haddon comes out. Uh, is out for three games, comes back, and he's out again in this past game against Missouri. Christian Charles has been out. He gets back in the in the rotation last week. So um, they, they've gotten good contributions over the past few games from Turnage, from Slaughter, guys that have stepped up, um, you know, stayed the course throughout the first half of the season and been ready to play some good football for Tennessee here uh, as they continue to push for big things this season. I agree, and there's a lot more to discuss, and we will have a lot more time to discuss it later in the week. Uh, I, I will be honest, candidly, uh, right now my my uh, wife is in Toronto, which means that uh, for for a few more days, which means that doing a lot of daddy daycare stuff here. And I know it's always it's the same at Pat's house too. So not that his wife's in Toronto, because even if she was, he wouldn't say that. But you know, there's uh, we we both got kids. They're making noise. We got it's dogs true. making noise. It's very true. We, yeah, we got we got stuff going on right now. So we got to go ahead and step on and get on out of here. But we will have more uh, coverage. We'll have another pod Tuesday night. We'll be back on uh, Wednesday night after the basketball game late and then we'll have our regular kind of pregame stuff uh, before the South Carolina game after that including hopefully we'll get John Whittle or somebody from the Big Spur on later in the week to discuss all that but until then uh, I think we will go ahead and uh, and call this a day Pat thanks for joining us man appreciate it thank you Wes have a good day you too there's that button and now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast we always say that but we always mean it thank you Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting Uh, but if you want that best most delicious east tennessee smoky mountain spring water directly from the source go get that at govals247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets for coverage of tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting tennessee baseball nobody and i mean nobody covers tennessee baseball the way that we do also no one covers the lady vols that we do the award-winning maria cornelius does an excellent job covering all things lady vols for us all season long you can get all of that at govols247.com you've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us with thousands of tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got. And you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs. And that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, 
you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.